Welcome to Facilitating the Mission, the podcast of Shepherd Staff Mission Facilitators. My name is Brian Mondock. And my name is Jeff Jackson. How's it going, Brian? It's going it's really cold. Well, I'm sad to say it's not really cold out here where I live in Southern California. We always have to have that weather conversation at the beginning of I don't this know, thing, right? I, I don't know. It's just kind of how we warm up, and I really, really need to warm up today. Yeah. But we have some other, we have some folks with us today. Why don't you uh, introduce who we have, Jeff? Yeah, we're uh, we're really blessed to have a couple that I've known for a few years that are being used in an incredible way in, in what God's doing around the world. And uh, one of the reasons that we wanted to have these two on is because they sort of share a similar conviction about the role of the local church in accomplishing the Great Commission. Yeah, so we're happy to happy to introduce everybody who's listening today to Dave, David, and Laureen, Laureen Wilson. Dave and Laureen Wilson are, are mission-savvy people and really uh, are being used in significant ways, and they're, they're incredible authors and so forth. So welcome to the two of you. Thanks for joining us today from where you're at in frigid uh, Kansas City, right? Yeah. Hey, Jeff and Brian. Yeah, we're thawing out just a little bit here. It's uh, above freezing, so that's that's a good balmy time here in Kansas City. Okay. Yeah, it is. Well, yeah, so we're, we're really glad that you, you joined us, that you took the time out. And, um, you know, before we uh, sort of get into talking about your, uh, you know, your, what you've written, what God's led you to write, and the role that it's playing in, in what God's doing around the world, we like to kind of, you know, get a bit of the backstory of the folks that we interview and kind of hear, you know, what brought you um, to the point where you started caring about missions and, and a little bit of your backstory would be helpful, I think, to begin. Okay. Yeah, we love Shepherd Staff. You guys are great. And the, the focus that you have on uh, the church, uh, we really love uh, the fact that you put the church as the main, um, the main uh, participant in the Great Commission. And we grew up in uh, southwest Atlanta, in Georgia, and there, we both kind of hit or miss church when we were growing up. But once we uh, started thinking seriously about, okay, is there a God out there? Is, is he real? Is he personal? Uh, we started attending this church, and I was southwest Atlanta, and we just really had such a, a profound experience. The people loved us. We were uh, just kind of evaluating the faith, looking at the gospel and, and determining, okay, is this something that uh, we want to be a part of? And uh, the people at that church, they just really uh, took us to the, to the side, mentored us, discipled us, helped us to understand what faith in Christ really was. And even before we really fully uh, gave our hearts and lives to the Lord, those folks engaged us. They they put us to work. They had us uh, working in the youth department and doing different things. And so we uh, we had such a good experience at that church. And it was because we uh, we got involved. It wasn't just going listening to the sermon, singing a few songs, and going home, but fully engaged. In yeah. It. Hey, what 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 age were you were you guys when you? when you together went to that church? Were you college students or what? And that, that going at that, to that church was 
a year or two before we got engaged and got married. But one of the things that that I that stands out to me, even before Dave was uh, saved, was he was in the Navy for four years. We were dating during that time, and just the people he met, just traveling the world, I think, was a huge eye opener for him um, to start seeing the world and what was out there and the needs, even before. He surrendered to the Lord's call in his life. So that was pretty cool. That is very cool. It's almost like God uh, preloaded him with a, with a few things that he was going to tap into a little later on, right? <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, Jeff. You know, the, the last few folks that we've talked to, have, you know, they've had, um, you know, a youth ministry background. We've got, uh, you know, commonality with some military service. Just interesting how God uses that as uh what is it what do you what do you call that jeff when god preload with the skill set what what's that term yeah. you use it's your well i i i kind of refer to it as like he's 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 stocking our inventory so describe so so really i mean your uh, the the love that you have for the local church and you know the role that that god wants it to play that you guys sort of propagate now and and emphasize and and so forth in your ministry. That church really demonstrated what a, a true community of God looked like, right? They really did. Just the way they loved people, um, and then and, and it wasn't about the show. You know, it wasn't about uh, the elements of a service. Uh, there was real, uh, real heartfelt love in that church and uh, I, and of course it it bled out into the community people were attracted there uh, just because they saw the love that they had for each other and you know I you're talking about some of the preloading um, with Ephesians 2 8 and 9 we usually just quote Ephesians 2 8 and 9 but in Ephesians 10 2 10 it says we we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I think um, there's a lot of things that we can be doing um, even as we're evaluating the faith uh, in order to, uh, especially in the church, why not take somebody that's new and young and energetic and looking to do something significant in their lives and put them to work for the gospel. Amen. Amen. So, so was, I mean, you, you obviously had the sort of the, the Navy background going around the world, the exposure to different cultures and different languages and so forth as you as you went around with the Navy. Was was this church then engaged in global missions and you you sort of caught, you know, seeing all of that uh, through the God lens now? Or how did that take place? Yeah, they were. Uh, we, and this was back in the 80s. And in the 80s, and it was a Southern Baptist church. And, you know, Southern Baptist missions is, it, all over the place. You you see, okay, the Lottie Moon and the Annie Armstrong. There's a lot of uh, the just, but it, sometimes it's it's more about the money, and you see the pictures of the people, but you never really meet them. Um, but there's an intrigue that happens there, and I, I just remember at that church, it was a very traditional, you know, in their in their missions mindset where the church sent money. But then um, the, there was actually something that was global that was going on there. Well, and the other thing that I um, 
that I remember about Dave, and it's, it's actually something we identify in most of the missionary candidates that we see um, across the board is that when he got back from the Navy, got plugged into this church, into a group at college that did some short-term trips. And he actually took a short-term trip to New York City, the Lower East Side Manhattan, worked with homeless. Uh, and that was, that was pretty life-changing for Dave. I mean, I saw a real change in him. It was over 10 weeks in the summer. And I think that really, that was part of the beginning of his calling into missions, was just going on that mission trip. Yeah, that's uh, short-term teams, and and you guys actually, I know you you wrote something about you know help, something helpful for short-term teams at a later point in your life. How about you, Lorraine? When did you, when did sort of uh, a real interest in missions come onto your radar screen? Along the same lines, we were dating during that time, um, and just the Lord brought in specific people into my life to kind of challenge me because I did grow up going to church, but it was just something that I was doing as a habit, you know, as an expectation. So the people that God brought in my life really challenged that thought of what does walking with Christ really look like. I remember a particular lady who that I worked with, one of my first jobs, and she was just really um, not confrontational, but she just knew exactly what I needed to hear as far as the what is a real believer and, and Christ follower look like. So she really challenged me and got me thinking. But then in that church that Dave and I were a part of um, is where I really surrendered to the Lord because I saw him working in these people's lives. And it was so life-changing. I couldn't deny the power of God in their lives. So, you know, I think we took uh, experiencing God Henry yeah. Blackaby, and yes. we did that together. And that, it, I mean, it, 30 years ago, and we still remember, you know, look around the world, see what God's doing, and then join him in what he's doing. And it's, that's yeah. just that simple little thing, but it was, it, it changed the way the trajectory of our lives were because then we started looking, and then we started seeing, and then we started joining. Good. So, uh, so then when this, you, you took that short-term trip, now you've sort of got a, a framework to look at, you know, other cultures and those kind of things within, within sort of a, a theology, a biblical theology. Stuff. So did, did, was there a, was there a season where you guys felt like maybe God was going to call you to, to be missionaries? Yeah, we're still, we're still waiting for that. <laughs> okay. We pray um, regularly about um, us being sent and we, we've, eagerly anticipate it. I mean, it's a, it's a calling that we really feel, okay, one day and, you know, we pay attention for, are there, are there opportunities? And we know we have a heart for uh, certain places in the world and we really want to go. Um, but we're, we're sitting on pause. We question ourselves every once in a while. Okay. What's, what's the thing that's going to, um, need to happen. So, we have the call on our lives, but we're, we're waiting for that. Here's the thing uh, where you're going. Here's the thing that you're going to be doing. Here's the place and the people. Uh, we just haven't put that out there yet. But in the meantime, we've, we feel like God's called us to be mobilizers, basically, and encourage, equip, connect others, and be good senders. 
Right. So was there, so sort of describe that moment where you realized, you know, back in the day where you realized that, you know, God, at least at this time, isn't calling you to, to go to the field, but he wants you to be participating uh, back here in the States through, you know, mobilization and all the other things, the, the incredible gifts of writing that you guys have and communicating and all that. Uh, sort of describe that a little bit, that how that, how that came about and what sort of launched you then into this phase where now you're, you've been doing what you've been doing for quite a while. Yeah. So uh, going to seminary and working with, uh, with churches uh, was kind of that uh, a culling moment where I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't like to preach, but I feel called to ministry. The Lord has uh, given me some skills and abilities and, and, you know, Preaching is just not one of them, but uh, what is it? Uh, and then, so I started uh, looking to different things, going, just experimenting. Okay, do, do I like nursing home ministry? Do I like youth ministry? Do, and we, we experimented and we tried it out. Lorraine was Sunday school teacher and all those kind of things um, at the same time that I was serving in uh, different capacities. So trial and error, trial and error. And then we've... Um, as we're getting close to graduation of seminary and getting ready to, okay, what's, uh, what's the next thing? Um, I mentioned, uh, even further back, I mentioned to my mom, you know, I, I think God's calling us to be in ministry. And she says, oh yeah, we know that. And she apparently she had a conversation with my sister and uh, a couple other people from the church. And she'd had, this conversation that they'd already talked about us being called to ministry. That was back before we even mentioned that we were going into ministry. So that was an affirmation to some of the call, the things that we've been thinking about. And uh, once we uh, started working as an intern to a missions pastor, and we started working with people in the church, sending them on short-term trips, helping them prepare, uh, doing some logistical type things, you know, just buying plane tickets and arranging transportation to the air, airport and all those kind of little things. Um, we started realizing, man, this is fun. We really enjoy this mobilization thing. This, I remember a gentleman that came back from Ukraine and he just had this life transformation uh, event when he came back from Ukraine. And the fact that we could sit and mentor him and talk to him about his experience and say, okay, well, now what? What's, what's next? What, what do you think God's going to do next? And it just seems like we had some giftings and abilities uh, in that uh, encouragement side. So um, that was, it, it was an emotional thing, but then it was a thoughtful thing. And then it was an evaluative thing. Uh, all those uh, elements uh, led up to what we would say is our our call experience. So when you were uh, when you were helping that uh, missions pastor or whatever was that was that from a, a fairly large church and did they have a lot of stuff going on in that realm of short term teams and folks they supported overseas and that exposed you to a lot of the you know the the different mechanisms and stuff involved with missions. Right. Yeah. The the church uh, it was uh, a Baptist church in Atlanta. And the mission pastor had his hand in a wide variety of different things. So 
uh, we did church planting in the inner city. We did uh, church planting overseas. Uh, there was community centers where we worked with homeless people. Uh, there was a um, whole different uh, type of ministry to working with poverty alleviation and church planting, uh, both international and domestic. And we uh, just had just a lot of different activities uh, that was going on. And this mission pastor just took me to the he said, okay, for the next three months, I want you to focus on church planting. And, and then the next three months, we're going to read some books on uh, poverty alleviation, and then we're going to do some of that. And, and so it was a it, it was a broad range of diverse things that he got me to do. And then we were able to evaluate from that. It, it sounds like, you know, you had this a really broad exposure and we talk about short-term trips. I was a mission pastor for a, a, a lot of years and led tons of short-term teams. So that was that was the funnest season of my life. So really, just just really love the idea of providing a resource for short-term trips because you know those kinds of things can a short-term trip can be awesome, but so much can go wrong on a short-term trip. It, you, you need to be organized. You need to. You were talking about rides to the airport. I mean, you, there's really a lot of logistics behind it. So I guess where I'm going with with that is you've got a couple of you've got a handful of books out there, two or three books out there. In in those experiences, in the experience that you were exposed to, what are the things that you saw that needed to be fixed in order to you know write the books that you you decided to write? Yeah, actually, we started writing these books just for practical reasons. One of the first churches that Dave was a missions pastor didn't really have missions foundations at all. And uh, even a lot of the people that were going on some of these trips were not fully surrendered uh, Christians yet. And there was, you know, we really needed some practical help for training. So this was our first project together. It was probably over like five years of learning what to do, what not to do, what we need to include in the manual. Um, and that was a great first project for us to work on. And so the Lord just gave us that opportunity to uh, share so many different elements of short-term trips. And we also learned a lot in the process. And we put this Transforming Missionaries short-term guide. It's still really um, helped a lot of individuals and churches. Now, is that book, where's that book available at? It is It is available on, uh, we have a, a website actually that we uh, have put together all of our resources. So all the books that we are going to talk about are, are on our website at threestrandpartners.org. Yeah, we took it from uh, Ecclesiastes and a quarter of three strands is not easily broken where the church, the agency and the missionary are all necessary in the Great Commission. With short-term trips, we pretty much, it, it, the books were written not necessarily from all of our successes. Yeah, <laughs> it was, definitely not. We, we talk about, you know, we're, we're necessary, we're pretty much the warning, you know, not the example to follow, but the warning to avoid. So, <laughs> so we've uh, put all the stuff that we thought through and we put it in this uh, training guide. We've got it on videos. So any church anywhere can just go to our, that website 
and um, watch our videos, uh, train a team. And, uh, you know, we go everything from what to pack and what not to pack to um, uh, the simple things like make sure that the team leader is the team leader and there aren't people questioning, you know, respect the authority of your leaders and how to how to build a good team it is is very practical but it's also um and and we wrote it from the perspective of hey some some people just accepted christ or maybe even aren't christians yet and they may want to go on a short-term trip to do disaster relief somewhere and how do you how do you disciple and mentor somebody that you know hasn't even fully surrendered their lives to christ yet or are very new to the faith. So we, we took it very simple, but it goes also deep as well. It's interesting. I'm looking at the book outline that you have for the the short-term mission guide. And one of the topics is re-entry preparation. And I, I know that um, for for missionaries that have been on the field for a while, it's like, well, why, why would you need re-entry preparation if you've only been on a short-term trip? But I'll tell you what, man, you spend a couple of weeks someplace else and you come back, you really do need that. So I'm really surprised to see that uh, you guys have put that in there. I've never seen anybody put that in there, but how practical that must be. What made you put that in? Larry. Larry. Yeah. <laughs> is Larry, Larry is Larry somebody that went on a trip with you guys or is he a <laughs> gotcha? Tell us <laughs> I mean is Larry his real name? <laughs> I dedicate that chapter to Larry. So <laughs> Everybody's got a Larry. Well, tell us about Larry. Larry came back from a trip. He had an overwhelming, um, just a, a extraordinary experience. He was fairly new to the faith, and he he had just uh, said, "Yeah, I want to do everything that God calls me to do." So he gets on a plane, goes to Central America. We're in El Salvador, and uh, working with Habitat for Humanity, building houses, and he's just having the greatest time of his life. He's he, he, he's experiencing this new culture. He's working with the children. He's got pain in his hands and he's just having this wonderful experience. And he gets home and the, Larry's a middle-aged guy, right? So he's married, got a couple kids and he gets home and he tells his wife, honey, we're going to sell everything that we have. We're going to move to El Salvador and we're going to be missionaries. And Larry's wife says, no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it actually caused a riff. I, I, I joke around about it a little bit, but it was significant. It was something that caused a riff in that family. And unfortunately, Larry didn't handle it very well. His wife didn't handle it very well, and they did get a divorce. It was a, a, a terrible traumatic experience Wow! Um, that, that actually happened. I was like, we can't let this ever happen again. Uh, anything that is this powerful, this great of a tool that we can use short-term trips uh, to help people in other countries, but also help our people grow. We need to have uh, a, a very good instrument, a tool that we can use to help people cope with some of the things that happen, uh, that good and bad, so, but some of the things that happen. And lots of other little things like just how to tell the story and how to debrief what what happen to you to other people but yeah larry larry's my example well it's outstanding like i said to have all of this in one resource when i was leading short-term teams you know i had to pull resources from here and resources from there 
And so to have all of this all in one book, uh, that's fantastic. We'll make sure to put a link to this, uh, put the, put a link to uh, your website and this this book specifically because I think this is a huge resource. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy the book myself. Labor of love. <laughs> and the great thing uh, about us, and you know, God puts opposites together, which I mean, we're definitely opposite personality, but um, we complement each other very well. Dave's a good writer, speaker, visionary, big picture, but I'm very practical, detailed, administrative. So it's been a great combination when we've written these books. A lot of the content he will write, but then I'll edit it and, you know, kind of go through it. And just the, you know, the short-term guide in doing this training, I was like, practically, we need to put it all together and let's do this. And I can... I can. I loved working on these projects in that role. Tell me how uh, Pipeline came together. I'm looking through the table of contacts, and I just see a lot of missions rock stars seem to have uh, contributed to it. To this, we see uh, our friend Matt Ellison. We see our friend uh, Neil Perillo, and um, but where I'm hung up is Jamie Farr. Which Jamie Farr is? I mean, I think of. Uh, I think of Mash Jamie Farr. Is this a different Jamie Farr? <laughs> it is. It's a different Jamie Farr. Okay. <laughs> it's not Klinger. I thought it was Klinger. <laughs> no, this, this Jamie is a, uh, a master of mobilization. He works with uh, Wycliffe Bible translators down in Orlando, and he grew up on the mission field. And he's 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 as good of a missions mobilizer as Jamie Farr is as an actor. Oh, there you go. There you go. Wow, that's a huge statement. Yeah. So, hey, uh, before you get into Pipeline, I mean, the next uh, book that you guys sort of birthed was The Mind the Gaps. And sort of give us the the backstory on what moved you to do that. So short-term mission trips is is like that thing that a lot of churches do that um, uh, that kind of plant the seeds in people's lives and in the lives of the church to get people onto the mission field. So when missionaries are on the mission field, sometimes the church is so focused on the tyranny, the urgent, the stuff like, you know, getting the short-term mission trips prepared and all that. And even sometimes uh, churches have an expectation for uh, missionaries that are on the field to actually, okay, part of your, part of the um, work that we want you to do is host short-term mission teams. And that's just not a very loving, kind thing uh, to have a short-term mission team come and sometimes uh, disrupt all the stuff uh, that uh, that they've been doing on the field to get people to the right place. Uh, we sometimes uh, missionaries there's a, a private little word that they use as pigeonaries. <laughs> you know, whenever short-term teams come in, they're like pigeons. They fly in, they make a mess of things, and then they fly out. <laughs> so they call them pigeonaries. And so we started thinking, okay, how can we care for our missionaries better? How can we love our missionaries that we send long-term? Those people who, you know, gave up their lives as normal here uh, in the U.S. They learned the language. They, they've adapted to a culture. They've sacrificed, sacrificed in so many different ways. How can we love them and do it 
intentionally and proactively. Sometimes churches care about missionaries, but are they really caring for their missionaries? Do they really have a, uh, a proactive and intentional method of uh, making sure that the missionaries that are there long-term are going to be uh, thriving in their ministry? Can they uh, endure and they persevere through hardships that are on the field? So this is a way that it, Mind the Gaps was a book that was written by a church, uh, a committee, a team of missionary care practitioners in the church so that other churches can uh, hear, okay, this is just our story. This is how we care for our people. And maybe you can think through some of these things. And so we had a really, really cool missionary care team at my church. And we spent a lot of time uh, developing that intentional and proactive way of caring about uh, our missionaries and caring for our missionaries. Other churches started asking us, okay, how, how do you do this? What do you do? What are some things that we should be thinking about? And so we decided to put it into a, a book and share it with the yeah, world. Yeah, and it's, it's good. I mean, it's, it's top drawer stuff. And even your your the way you the books laid out with the the different parts you know all aboard passenger list and all that really a really creative way to sort of you know encapsulate the whole scope of local churches sending you know to the field and then caring for those that they sent really really good stuff. The question I had uh, as I read that that book, you guys, is I mean it was pivotal. It was pivotal for that that you guys had former missionaries in the church that helped you to do this. Is that right? Yeah, we we really uh, started looking at our church in a different way. We started looking around to see, okay, who is it that we want to invite to be on this team? Instead of just saying, hey, who wants to be on this team? We, we took careful measures to say, okay, this is a person that can contribute to this part of missionary care. This is a person that may fit better in another role, not necessarily the missionary care role. So we, we took very careful steps in choosing who we uh, brought on to that missionary care team. Thanks for listening to part one of our interview with David and Lorreen Wilson. Join us for part two when we talk more about their books and church missionary care ministry.